Welcome to Sexy Boss Interviews with Heather Havenwood, www.sexybossinc.com. Hi, this is Heather Havenwood with Sexy Boss Interviews, and today we have Susan Bratton. And Susan Bratton, I just love her. She is a super connected digital marketing entrepreneur with her own publishing company devoted to your personal and professional growth, Personal Life Media. She is a popular weekly talk show, six years running, Dishy Mix, authored multiple books including Masterful Interviews, Talk Show Tips, Revive Her Drive, and sits on the boards of a number of tech companies, founded two industry associations, and is chair of the largest global digital media conference. Susan is a frequent keynote speaker and MC, famous for knowing everyone, that is so true, and she's also renowned for asking insightful questions. She's tall, she's blonde, and generates fun somewhere and everywhere. Follow the laughter to find her. Susan Bratton, welcome <laughs> to Sexy Boss Interviews. Thanks for having me, Heather. I'm excited to have you today. We've done a lot of work together over the years, and I just love um, not only working with you and seeing you around, but just love getting to know what you're doing, expanding your companies. And you are one of the first Sexy Boss interviews on our new site for Sexy Boss Inc. Yay. Hmm. And I'm just very excited to have you on board. So I just want to first start a little bit with um, your background. You have obviously master. Um, we talked about earlier in your in your intro. Personal life media, masterful interviews, talk show tips, revive her drive, which we're going to go into more. But how did you get to where you're at? Meaning you came from not you didn't start here in your 20s. You started somewhere else, and then you moved into this entrepreneurial role. Could you go a little more into that for me? Sure. Uh, I started out on the buy side of the desk in a purchasing department and realized that the salespeople who were calling on me had the more fun job. So I uh, quickly found a job where I could be out in field sales, and it was for an electronics company. And I found that a woman in technology in the early 80s, that was a good job because there was income parity. Uh, I was paid for what I sold. And if I sold more than the men who were on my sales team, then I made more money than they did. And I really liked the meritocracy of the technology industry. I've always been in sales, but what I realized was that it was also important to control the marketing messaging when you were running sales, because if that wasn't aligned, then you weren't going to make as much money. <laughs> Common theme, I like to make, make money. More money, yes. Well, you know, I mean, it, it makes a big difference when you're financially successful. You're just more calm, more secure, more able to do the other things you like in your life. So I've always been very oriented toward maximizing my personal income. And so I learned the marketing and the sales and studied both both sides of the coin throughout my career. And I ran, I I ended up selling advertising in magazines that segued into the internet. When the internet started, I started selling online advertising and ran sales and marketing teams. And I was involved in a lot of startups. I moved to the Silicon Valley to be involved in the tech industry. And, uh, you know, I recently sold my house and moved out of the Silicon Valley because now I run a global business from wherever I want to be. But I was able to work for 
I don't know how many different startups, five, six different startups. They were over time, they were sold off to Yahoo and AOL. I mean, we, you know, I would work for a, on an early startup team, we would acquire or be acquired. And I got a lot of deep bench strength in scaling entrepreneurial startup businesses into things that could be sold, acquired, merged, etc. And so after I'd done that and I, I hit my mid-40s, I went through a rocky time in my personal life. My marriage wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. And my husband and I did a lot of work together to save our marriage. And we decided in the coming through that, that we wanted to work together. We kind of fell in love with each other all over again and found that our skills were very, our business skills were very complementary. And so we started Personal Life Media in big part because we wanted to bring the things that we had learned in doing our personal growth work to other people all over the world. I called it the golden microphone. I wanted to give those experts that had been so instrumental in my life shift for the better to anyone that was interested in taking that up. And uh, my husband is the inventor of a, an online music service called Rhapsody. And he really understood how to deliver content, digital content to consumers online. And so between my desire to create this content and my husband's knowledge of the technology and infrastructure, we started Personal Life Media and uh, very quickly saw we launched 40 different shows on a podcast network and very quickly saw what people liked. And they were really, we had some sexuality shows and they were, people were drawn to them. They would download the millions of episodes a month. And we said, there's an untapped opportunity in the marketplace for people who want something that's not as dumbed down and sophomoric as Cosmo or men's health and isn't pornography, but is in fact that connection of mind and body and spirit to create that oneness, that connection with others through really beautiful intimacy and lovemaking. And that's how we ended up ultimately creating a series of online home study programs that teach couples teach men and their woman how to have that deeply connected intimacy that we all we all crave because it's our a big part of our humanity. Well, thank you for that. And I love the world of golden microphone. That's, yeah. I love that. You're, that's what you're doing with Sexy Boss, yeah. you know? You're you're giving the golden microphone to women you think are living their sensuality and their female righteousness and their capabilities and managing to be all their things, all the potential of what they can be at the same time. I'm going to add a word to that if you don't mind. Yeah, please Gold, do. Golden goddess <laughs> Exactly. Golden goddess microphone. Uh, exactly. I'm just going to add to that. And, it, and you mentioned about how you just moved out. That was a big move for you from Silicon Valley. And, and yeah. uh, that, that's a big move to when you move your home, when you move your family to a whole other location for yeah. the new life that you're creating. That's a, that's a big shift. I think all women can relate to that. And, and, and I understand that you, what we call downsizing, meaning you went from a very large home into something technically smaller but more intimate in what you're creating what you're up to because you're into global you're a global uh, company as am yeah. I and that's a huge piece I understand that because I just did that personally so 
I find it interesting you talked a lot about startups and you had a lot of startup experience and then you did another startup and that's kind of how I see you. You see, I see you as you're constantly re- not only recreating yourself, but you're upgrading, upgrading. That's kind of a restart. You just move. That's a restart. You're upgrading what you're up to and creating new products. You're starting over and over again. And I love that about you. And a lot of women, I feel they get stuck. They stop. They stop recreating themselves and starting new things and you're expanding yourself and inside of with you and your husband Tim is about the new intimacy and the online you found that niche and you went after it and you're expanding there so I'd love to talk for you to talk about more not only about the programs or why you did those and what you have experienced yourself going through that and creating products like that. I mean, you went from helping create Yahoo companies to an online company about intimacy and sexuality. So the first thing I'd say is I heard a phrase once that was really powerful for me. It comes from neuro-linguistic programming, which is a communications tool set for people who want to communicate really well with others. And one of the NLP presuppositions is something called behavioral flexibility. The supposition, the presupposition is that there's no such thing as failure. All failure is, is feedback. And when you are able to get that feedback and change and morph with the latest feedback and information and knowledge that you're constantly gaining, that's behavioral flexibility. I and my husband and even our 15-year-old daughter are willing to turn on a dime given new information. Uh, And I think that once you teach your children that mommy's not constantly changing her mind, mommy's actually optimizing her strategy, you know, like we'll optimize our strategy on the way somewhere. Well, maybe now instead of doing this and this, we should do this. And and, uh, it really makes for a much more satisfying life experience when you allow yourself the ability to have a lot of behavioral flexibility. The second piece of it is that, yes, I think about myself as an entrepreneur. I'd, I'd really never, at this point in my life, I'd never want to go to work for someone else again. I feel very confident and capable and self-directed and know that the life of an entrepreneur is having that behavioral flexibility. I mean, six years ago, my husband and I started a podcast network. Three years into it, we said, I don't really like this model. This is just not going to scale the way we want it to. It's too friggin' hard. What can we do? And we looked at what was working, took the assets and the things that were working and turned it into a personal growth company that has online home study courses. Instead of podcasts, we now create membership sites where people can learn about the things that we teach. And the things that we teach, and that comes to the third point, are we teach people sexual communication skills, intimacy skills. We teach them how to ask for what they want, understand what they want. We give them permission to have the kind of connections and sensuality with their partner that they long for. And we teach advanced sexual mastery techniques. Very specifically, we teach men how to give women really great orgasms and lots of them because that creates a solid foundation for everything else. And I I wanted to make one more point about it. And that was that it was really scary for me to go into the business of teaching sexual education because people are triggered by that. I mean, it's very confronting for people to talk about their sex lives because in general, they're not what they want them to be. And they have a lot of shame, guilt, upset, unmet desire, longing, sadness, loss, you name it. I mean, for most people, 
their sex life is not what they want it to be. That was true in our case. The reason that we were almost got divorced, the reason we contemplated divorce was that I just had had some abuse as a young woman and a young girl, and I thought I'd gotten over it, and I never really had. And it wasn't until I reckoned with it and dealt with it and really fully went through the process of understanding it by getting some therapy that I was able to actually put it behind me and move into feeling sensation and feeling lovemaking and feeling my body again. And once I started integrating that aspect of my life, once I started letting my body come alive and connecting intimately in a way that I had never been able to do before, it affected every single part of my life. It, it put me on fire at 45. I became more fully the woman I was to become. And I know that for many people, their body is a path that they'd like to follow and experience, but don't know how. And what I want to do for women is teach men how to open their woman to her sensuality, how to bring that goddess out that is within her, and how to support her in being that beautiful, sensual woman with a lust for life. Being a turned-on woman doesn't just mean turned on in the bedroom. It means you are actively pursuing all of life's pleasures and enjoying them. And that's what a sexy boss is. That's, to me, a, a woman who is living a turned-on life and everything turns her on. The dinner she had last night, the woman she met at the grocery store, her job, her partner, her children, everything. Mm, I lo sexy boss is living a turned-on life. Oh, I, I, I love that. Thank you for that. And when you talked about behavior flexibility, yeah. that that's a key piece. I think in my experience, men and women, but we're talking to women, is that yeah. they, they go on a career path or they go on a path in their life and then they feel they, because they want to shift or change, they feel guilt, they'll feel shame. They feel like if they do that, their family's not going to support them or their husband's not going to go along with that. So they find themselves just being quiet and going with everyone else is going. And that's all of a sudden where they get frustrated, hurt, concerned, and then they just blow up one day or they yeah. just leave suddenly. Meanwhile, yeah. the suddenly had been going on for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I know my experience with that too. I understand that. And I, I love the fact that you and Tim got to a point where y'all had to contemplate something, but you made a choice and you made a choice to turn and change and do a, a behavior flexibility inside of your relationship, but who you are too. I just, that's, that's sexy boss. And I believe that too. So in the, in the world of your um, entrepreneurial life now, give me a glimpse, give me a glimpse of your life now. Like what you, you've just made some major changes in the last few months, but why did you make those changes? Where are you right now? And then we can go into what you're creating for the future, but what, where are you at right now? Well, my lifestyle affords me the ability to work from my home with my husband beside me, which I really, really love. And it allows us to be home when our 15-year-old is around and needs us. And, you know, I feel like I only have a few more years with her before she goes off to college. And I really want to be here for her. And she really loves us. She's not the kind of kid who's like, ugh, my parents. Now, we have to drop her off. When she's going to meet her friends, we're not allowed to drop her off in front of her friends. Like, she, she wants to act like she ha doesn't actually have any parents, you know. So she's a true teenager. But... She feels really happy and satisfied and supported. And, and that was one of the things that I wanted to do in having my own business. I would say right now, we're three years into this business model. We've built a product line of complementary products. We have a really solid list of customers. We have an ever-growing list of prospects. 
we have multiple brands and we are now scaling our business. Uh, we have just a couple of employees and we're adding some employees this between now and the end of the year, very, very consciously, very carefully looking for some key employees in our business, uh, specifically conversion optimization managers for our different products. And so we've spent the last three years learning the business and growing it and putting all the infrastructure in place. And now we're ready to bring in the teams of younger, enthusiastic people who want to learn what we know and then help us grow our business. And so we're just at that cusp entrepreneurially of scaling our business. And I really have the energy to do it. I feel just, you know, what keeps me going are the, um, the emails from customers who email and say, you know, my wife hasn't taken her nighty off in 25 years. And last night she let me run my hands all over her body. Mm. And, you know, I know that woman is really having some amazing breakthrough experiences in her life because her man is taking the time to slow down and open her. And I get emails like that pretty much every day. I get a beautiful heartfelt email of, life change, you know, an altering that is at the deepest level, your connection to the people that are your closest people in your life. And so not only do I love the business side of things and hiring people and training them and growing it and scaling it, but I also love that I am buoyed emotionally by the effect that my business is having in people's lives in a place where I know personally it makes a tremendous difference, which is your sexuality. Mm, Boyd emotionally. Yeah. That's another Susan word. <laughs> Susan <laughs> phrase. So we have, let's see, we have a behavioral <laughs> flexibility. We have, let's see, golden, gold, goddess, golden microphone. And now we have <laughs> this <laughs> Boyd emotionally. We need to have <laughs> a dictionary for Susan Bratton. I know I love it. I mean, I hone in on those words, Boyd emotionally. And what I see with that is literally the ocean. And you see a, a, a boy just floating on this mass, beautiful ocean, and it's just floating, and it's being supported by the water, by the ocean, by the things underneath it. And I feel that's pretty impressive, being able to be buoyed by your business. And I, I feel yeah. that many women would love to have a business that they can be next to their husband or at home when their kid comes home or be able to drop their kids off and like how are they going to do that or maybe they already have a business and it's just it's sucking them versus voiding them giving them that that ability to feel light and fun and having a good time versus that constraint of just having to make money for the family the treadmill the treadmill by the way that ocean of water that's all love that's what I'm buoyed by. That's what I feel when I get those emails. I feel that love, that love and appreciation. Yeah. I love that. Well, uh-huh. you're, you are making a huge difference. And you I know, pour the love out. Yeah, you pour the love out and you get that yeah. back. That's pretty yeah. impressive. And I want to talk a little bit about what you just said or at the very beginning of this last segment, which was, you know, it was a challenge for you at the beginning to be the person to go into sexual education. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that completely. You're, a, you're beautiful. You're blonde. You're vivacious. And, you know, I've talked about this before. I, I remember there was, and I, I won't go into details unless you want to say, I think there was a keynote experience that you had that you were speaking and and you t- you said a little bit about that your one of your businesses is sexual education and there was a, some negative feedback that you got. Yeah. Um, I understand that personally and I want you to maybe speak to that a little bit, bit about not only 
having a company in sexual education, but being a open sexual woman yourself. So that's just your presence before people even know what you do and the feedback that you get from people and your life and, and up to now, if you don't mind talking about that. I love talking about that. I was thinking about that this morning in the shower before our interview today. I was thinking about the fact that it's actually not necessarily sexuality. I think it's femininity. Mm. I want to go back to the word you and I both like, which is the goddess. Mm-hmm. You know, for for you to feel the goddess within you, you have to cultivate her. And uh, that goddess is a woman who is a nurturer, who is a sensualist, who has a life force and desire for not just sex, but love, connection, affection, appreciation for the sensual pleasures in life, whether those are the taste of a piece of delicious chocolate or the feeling of having the hair on the top of your head stroked by your lover or the connection that you feel sitting on your man's lap while he wraps his arm around you and just holds you tight. You know, those things, when you allow those things into your life, when you invite those things into your life... They really ground you as a woman. They make you feel like a part of the earth to which you belong. You know, Gaia, the nature. We are, we are little animals running around on a planet after all, you know. And um, when we're on a treadmill and jamming around in our cars and watching television and eating out at restaurants, we're missing walking hand in hand, eating a home-cooked meal, reading an excerpt from a book or poetry to your family, hugging, you know, squeezing each other, group hugs, the brush on the arm. These are the things that are fulfilling. And I actually just live that all the time. To me, my work and my life, is it's a permeable membrane. Actually, there is no membrane around my work and my, my home life. My, my customers know a lot about my life and my trials and tribulations and my triumphs. And they like knowing the real person behind the company, Tim and Susan Bratton and what we're up to. And when I do business, I do it as a a connection with a human being, not as a contract. And uh, I'll get this and you try to take as little as possible from me. And so I think just my whole approach, now that I've opened myself to my sensuality, to my goddessness and humanity, I think that's really the thing that that people maybe find attractive. It's attractive. Feminine women, I'm strong as hell. I'm, uh, you know, I can drive a hard bargain and I can say what I need to say and I'm, I'm fairly fearless in a leadership role and I'll stand up in front of a room of however many people you put me in front of confidently. So it's not that I don't have those masculine traits and it's not that I can't conduct myself well. I have a good business head. I'm lucky that way. I've had a lot of experience. But I just like to bring that femininity to what I do. And and really, it's not even premeditated anymore. What I did was I just unzipped that hard armor, that shell that had been created by trying to get along in the, you know, business world. And I just stepped out of that. And I just now am less filtered. I just try to be as much my authentic self as I can cultivate. And, and 
in my femininity. I, I love my femininity, and I find that women and men both respond equally pleasurably to my femininity. And it brings out the femininity of other women, and they appreciate the opportunity to be feminine. And it brings out the masculinity in men, and they appreciate the opportunity to be masculine. And so, I don't know. I just try to do business as myself rather than as some preconceived notion of what an entrepreneur is. As a matter of fact, I'm probably not typically entrepreneur, like an entrepreneur. I don't know. I have no idea. This is what I am as an entrepreneur. And that's how I, I guess I approach it. Well, you have your own dictionary. So of course, <laughs> <laughs> and you said it perfectly that one, you're less filtered. And I know that, yeah. you know, and I love that about you. You are, you know, you just say what needs to be said. And I love that about you. Um, I appreciate that about you. And, you know, just for the listeners understanding her and I met, you know, Susan and I met in a pretty much an all-male room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was in New York two years ago. It was the first time. I think it was the first time I met you, yeah. And it was all-male. I think I was, you and I, the only females in the room. And that's normal, and especially in that in world. Our world. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I just, it, you were refreshing to be, to have another powerful woman in the room just to say what I need to say. And uh, I think you're right. There are, most of the men find it refreshing. And also, in my experience, some are what's the word uh triggered negatively by that confronted Mm -hmm. and so they're insecure they're insecure and so there's a lot of that as well is that the more the goddess comes out in you and me you give me permission to be that goddess too in that room and then it comes it just it just filters and then you you see quickly who are the insecure and the secure men very quickly when you have a very small you know you and i in a room of 20 guys you see really quickly who is the secure and insecure men so i find it fascinating now you talk about your work life if you don't mind just going to that your work and your life and they're really not i think the word you said they're just there there's no membrane around mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. that's a, a I think it's a huge piece moving forward globally, energetically around the planet. And there's still, there are some people that are holding back on that. I know I, that's me too, work life and life and work and it's all mixed. There isn't a, this is work life and then I come home to personal life. It is all mixed. So if you don't mind talking about that, about not only do you love working with your husband, but more about that working with your lover, your husband, uh, the father of your child, like the whole piece of how you can be able to do that. So if you can maybe give tips or maybe give other women encouragement on who wants to do that. Well, I would go back to something really fundamental, which is a little, a book that we have called Relationship Values. And what Tim and I understand about each other are what our relationship values are. And you don't need the book to, to figure this out. I get up in the morning whether he's my husband, my boss, or my, you know, worker bee, it doesn't matter. We all work for each other and with each other. I get up every morning and I focus on his top relationship values, what he wants from me as his primary partner in his life. And he gets up every morning and he focuses on what I want from my primary partner in my life. And there, my list and his list are different, as would be your list and your husband's list or your list and your boyfriend's list. I want, number one, security. I want, number two, honesty. Number three, oh, freedom. I love freedom. 
I want him to totally take care of me and let me do anything I want, which a lot of men wouldn't sign up for that. But my husband is a very confident man and he gives me a, the longest leash. I don't even have a leash. My leash is, is more like an invisible golden hug. You know, that's my leash. But I want him to totally take care of me. And uh, I also want honesty. I really like the truth. And uh, I like fun and adventure. And uh, I like a lot of variety. These are things I don't want to do the same thing all the time. I get worn down. I, I'm an extrovert. I like doing new things with people all the time. My husband is an introvert. What his top relationship values are, are passion. He loves, and passion as an intimacy and hot sex, yes, but also passion as affection. He just loves me to come up in the morning before I get dressed and sit on his lap naked and stroke his face and give him a little kiss. And then he goes off and makes me a latte. He just likes to be touched and acknowledged and appreciated. It's really important for him. I don't need someone to touch me right away in the morning. He does. And I know that about him. So I give him his number one relationship value. And then the rest are easy for me because his number two relationship value is growth. He loves me to push him. A good woman knows her man's potential and shows him what he's capable of and lets him step into that and keep growing. And he just really appreciates that in his relationship with his woman. That's what he wants. And he loves fun and adventure. Well, I'm that anyway. I don't even have to think about that. I'm always coming up with kooky stuff. And so for you, your your relationship values are a certain number of things you really want out of a relationship. And your partners are a different list. So if you explore what it is that you would, what is it that you'd walk away if you couldn't get, and that's what you need, and then explain how to give that to you so your partner knows what that means to you. It's kind of like the five love languages, but it's much deeper. It's much broader. It's much more life in general. It's not about whether you want gifts or touch. It's bigger than that. The relationship, the reason you're in it. And that's how I work with my husband. I know what his priorities are. I know what's important to him. And he knows what's important to me. And that just makes not only our business work, but our relationship work. I love that. That's pretty impressive. And I, I think about the love languages when you said that, and it is deeper. And I wanted to share a story that might help uh, help someone on the on the call. Is um, I was dating a gentleman at the time, and his love language was what called doing things for people, like mm-hmm. servicing, you know, yeah, fixing services. Yeah, services. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not mine at all. Like, I just don't even think about it. It's my number five out of five. And so I said to him in casual walking through the house, my car brakes are squeaking. And I just kept walking. Like, I didn't even, you know, I just, oh, my car brakes are squeaking. And within 10 minutes, I started looking around the house for him. And I couldn't find him. I opened the garage door. My car's on blocks. And he's <laughs> underneath it changing the brakes. Now, I come from a world where you take that somewhere and you get that done. He actually is a, um, an air, he was an airplane mechanic. So doing brakes on a car is minuscule compared to a jet. And I, in my head, freaked out. But I knew this was his love language. So I held back, went to the fridge, got him a beer and said, here, honey. And I walked back inside, you know, cause, but I was aware to say, that's his love language. Yeah. That's not mine but let let me give that praise to him and i think that's really important especially you're you're in any kind of relationship but more importantly someone you're working with love adore a lover right next you know they're, they're working next to you i think that's really important and you said earlier that you and your husband have complementary 
jobs in your company, you have different skill sets and they're complementary. I find that key too. I, I've, I mean, my experiences with, with men and women is that they feel they have to find someone like them. And I, I disagree with that. And so I think that that's amazing. So we've been on the phone for a while and we could talk forever. And so I just kind of want to give you the space to share what would you say to a woman listening to this call, a sexy boss, someone who wants to start a business, they're already in a business, maybe they have a dream they want to get away from the corporate world. What would you say to them to be their role model and motivate them to go after what they want? It's a big question. Yeah. The very first thing that comes to my mind is one of practicality. I think that you have to really clearly assess your value to others and what you bring to the table and how you can turn that into a career that pleases you. Marcus Buckingham is a personal growth guru of sorts. He came from the Gallup industry, Gallup polls. And at Gallup, they've, they've developed a database of Americans' capabilities. Now, if you're listening overseas, this may not specifically help you, but it will generally help you understand the strategy. And the strategy is to know your strengths and to cultivate them even further. Now that so many corporations are global, you can find work in an organization that is based in another location, and you can work from home and have a very satisfying career that leverages your strengths if you know what they are. What Marcus Buckingham learned when he worked at Gallup and went on to write Strengths Finder, the book Strengths Finder, was, and this book, if you buy it, you get a little quiz. You go online and take the quiz, and it tells you what your top five strengths are that score higher than the average American, because it's an American database from Gallup, higher than the average American. So you can learn what your real skills are as compared to the rest of the job pool. Once you understand what your real skills are, where you're really a superstar, you can begin to figure out what assets you have that an organization might want. And then you can find an organization that speaks to you or a series of organizations that speak to you in a way that you could bring those skills to help them. I think that's an intelligent approach to finding a job that you love or creating a company that you love based on your strengths. That's why when we started the podcast network with the intention of giving that golden microphone to experts, but realized that the podcasting business wasn't leveraging our real strengths, that our real strengths were actually certainly creating content, delivering content, but that we wanted to do something that was really fundamentally different than what we had envisioned at first. We got closer to our strengths in the second iteration of our business model. So if you're, if you're wanting something that you don't have now, look for where your strengths are leverage those either for yourself in your own business or for others on behalf of others. And uh, I think you'll get closer to being happy and feeling more fulfilled by what you do. Well, thank you for that. I actually uh, took the strength finder and while you were talking, I pulled it up on my computer. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could find it. So how it works is they give you your what they call top five themes. And I'll, do you mind if I share mine? I want to hear them. Okay, great. See if you can find yours. Okay, so mine are, these are my top five themes. And, and then what they do, is they give you, they're just word, the one word, and then they give you like a definition of it. So mine are input, futuristic, individualization, 
significance and command. Of course. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what do those mean? Okay. So, okay. So input people who are especially talented in the input theme have a crave for knowing more. And often they like to collect an archive. I've, this is a, this is definitely like the, I'm always constantly learning the constant learning part of me. I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn. That's, that's the input side of me. Well, and what's interesting, oh, so it's, you're not giving input, you're getting input. So what's interesting is mm-hmm. that sexy boss, you're getting input from a bunch of women and you're archiving it on a website. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There, thank, I didn't even, thank you. Yeah, I am actually. That's really perfect. That's playing to my strength. That's a great yes. example. The other one futuristic is inspiring others with their visions of the future. That's sexy boss that's again. sexy boss. Thank you for this. This is great. Individualization. That's just people who are especially talented in individualization theme are intrigued with the unique qualities of each person. And they have a gift for figuring out how people who are, who are different can work together. Jeez, this is amazing how how this really is in your what is it called your bailiwick your I don't wheelhouse wheelhouse yeah yes. it's in your wheelhouse yes mm-hmm. well, I just this is great thank you for this this is wonderful I didn't even think about this the number one, the next word is significance okay. people who are especially talented in the significance theme want to be very important <laughs> in the eyes mm-hmm. of others good. And they want to, they're independent and want to be recognized. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that plays to sexy boss completely. Yeah. And then the last one's command. People who are especially talented in the command theme have presence. They can take control of a situation and make decisions. You really do. I loved seeing you moderate that mastermind group that we had, you know, just watching you up there. Well, first of all, you're absolutely gorgeous and you were wearing such a beautiful outfit. You're just such a gorgeous woman. And uh, I just loved how you embodied both all the femininity and the strength to lead a group of 30 men in a very small room and keep it flowing. So uh, you, you are finding your place with your work. Thank you. Yes, it's taken me a while. And I think that's a huge lesson. Thank you for the compliment. That was very sweet. It oh, was, it was, a, that room was, uh, you know, challenging because there was a lot of ego going on in that room. <laughs> I could feel the ego in that room just. <laughs> so uh, thank you for that. I, that actually means a lot to me. So did you find yours? I did. Oh, and I, I'll tell you when I did my strengths finder, uh, my top five themes, the number one for me is strategic. And I had always thought I might be strategic, but I always was undervaluing my own ability. Like when I would sit in a room, an executive boardroom around a table with eight or 10, you know, chairs, vice chairs, uh, business leaders, and I would think to myself, why are we talking about this? You know, and I, I would say, let's get to the big picture. Let's get to what the plan is. Let's not get, you know, let's not talk about the time. And then I realized when I took the strengths finder that I'm actually just more strategic than most people. And I was like, all right, I'm going to own that. And I'm going to set the strategic direction for things and let people come up with like, here's an idea. Now, please feel free to beat it up or better it. But at least there's one, you know, the second one was woo. I, my husband says, you can talk anybody into anything. And it's not like I talk people in, I find the win-win, but I do love the selling and the getting people together around a common cause. My third theme is positivity. And I absolutely am one of those silver lining people. And, and, and I think that a lot of people, you know, the 50 or 60,000 men that are in my mailing list on my database that I, that we email to five days a week, you know, a big part of the reason why they stay and they read 
read our emails day after day is that they're getting permission to live a bigger life. They're seeing what can be. They're seeing the potential of what's possible for them. And my next theme is communication. I'm a communicator, which I love to create products and to teach people things. And my last theme is that I'm a relater. I really get people. I like to hear their stories. I like to write copy that connects with people in the way they think about their own problems. And so I really felt like the strengths discovery system was very helpful for me in feeling even more confident about abilities that I thought I had. But then when I got the, you know, stamp of approval, the permission to be strategic, the permission to be a communicator, a relator, positive, there's nothing wrong with those things. Just live it all the way. And what they say, what Marcus Buckingham says is that he actually goes around to colleges and teaches kids their strengths, college kids, because he says, that's when you have to start honing your skills. Take your top five and get better and better and better. Be the best in the world at the things you're already good at and hire out the rest. I tell my husband the reason I married him is because he's so good at numbers and finance and technology. And it turns out that's worked out well for us in our business. I love that. And thank you for that because you're right. My whole company is based on my top five themes. That's a, that's, I really had not seen that until just now. So that was a huge... And so I'm giving myself permission to be commanding. Please do. It, you do it really nicely. I love the way you're commanding. You have a nice command of things. You. Well, it goes down easy. But that's the one thing as growing up that I was told not to be, you know, like not to, okay, stop being so commanding or don't be a leader there or you're, you need to stop doing that, you know. So it's interesting that the one thing that I'm naturally good at, I'm just naturally a leader in situations that I'm now like giving myself permission to do that. Well, you know, it might have felt to your parents or your family unseemly in a small girl. But the fact is that your strength was already there the day you were born, and you've just come into the time when you can fully leverage it. So you don't have to hear those little voices in your mind anymore because you're grown up now, and you can just own that command. And with that, I've created a whole company around... You know, being a sexy boss is very much about being a being a command. So yeah. I, I find that. So thank you. Oh, this is this has been uh, very insightful for me. So thank you. And I've added to goddess microphone. I love that. <laughs> goddess golden microphone. <laughs> so thank you for this time, Susan. Thank, thank you for your beautiful voice and your beautiful spirit that came across this um, audio. And I hope everyone who listened to it around the globe of sexy boss interviews that you enjoyed it. It's my pleasure. Is there Thank way, you. Do you want to send any websites? Any <laughs> websites you want to have people go see you at Personal Life Media, but you have some other ones too. Well, I created a couple of things. I have a couple of free reports. They're called the Pleasure Guides. And one of them is Touch for Rapture. It teaches you a way to touch others and to be touched that is very satisfying and deeply fulfilling. And I think you might enjoy that. And then there are also some reports about this practice that we teach called expanded orgasm. It's a couple's practice. And the man gives the woman the pleasure of a massage that allows her to feel really incredible experiences. And, and it's a way of having intimate connection that doesn't 
necessarily include intercourse because men are very intercourse focused. But for women, we need more time to relax and get in our bodies. And if you want to be that sexy boss and you want to be a goddess and you want to cultivate your sensuality, for me, the pivotal learning experience was to have an expanded orgasm practice. And so I've put three free pleasure guides about that, how it works and how to touch, etc., at a special URL where you can get them for free. It's expandherorgasmtonight.com slash sexyboss. If you go there, you'll be able to get those three free pleasure guides and uh, enjoy them. And feel free to send me an email with any questions you have about the practice or any of our products and services. And we've got lots of stuff. We have all kinds of things, free sex book of the month club. And, <laughs> you know, we really try to get the words out there. But if you go to expandherorgasmtonight.com slash sexy boss, you can get those three pleasure guides. Expandherorgasmtonight.com forward slash sexy boss thank you for that gift thank you and i hope that you go there because um i feel even if you're you know if you're a woman you think my man should go there you've got to sometimes feed him that yeah just give him the reports print him out and go here honey i want to do this yes and have him read it believe i've done that myself and he actually would love to read it so thank you for your time today susan i appreciate it globally from california to texas i appreciate your time love to you and you are one sexy boss You have been listening to Sexy Boss Interviews with Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss. Go to www.sexybossinc.com for more information and education to empower you to be a smart, sexy, and rich sexy boss.